Julia. Welcome to DadBot History. I'm Eric. I'm Nick. Cameron. Got the whole crew. Um, so we are back discussing from pandemic to progress. This will be part five. Um, what was our topic? Because well, it, here's we're going to talk about um, faith, oh, and, and specifically, okay, faith. I think Cameron, you had an interesting conversation on Facebook. Uh, the, the premise is basically uh, church attendance and, and a big discussion right now is going to church physically and then there's people going to church online and kind of where do you draw the line? Of, am I kind of getting the gist of what you and, and this guy were talking about? Yeah, so so basically it started with I shared an article with a um, pastor in California, I think, who defied um, governor's decree and said yeah we're going to open up for worship and people that want to wear a mask can wear a mask and people that don't want to wear a mask don't have to wear a mask but all are welcome and and let's do this and i happen to be of that opinion is that churches should start um opening up and, and allowing people to worship again because you know for a number of different reasons and that person who dis- happened to disagree with me, it was based on health reasons. Um, and mm-hmm. his argument was basically, and I think it was a, a valid argument, is that Christians, we are called to be um, compassionate and we are called to be, you know, turn the other cheek and, and love thy neighbor. And I, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, those are Jesus' words himself. Um, but I think the other side of it is that when you talk about uh, a church, there are so many people in this world that lack the discipline to um, follow Jesus themselves, read their Bible, worship, pray, have the discussions in their house or with their family or, or whatever, and they're reliant upon the church. The church is not, it's not the church's job to bring people to Jesus, but, mm-hmm. but most people need that in the church. And I, I think that people are going to suffer spiritually as a result of churches not being open. Um, additionally, aside from that, a lot of churches aren't going to recover from this pandemic. Um, just dollars and cents wise, plate offerings wise. Um, and it breaks my heart as a, as a person who has been in ministry for many years and, and has many close friends in ministry. Um, they might not have a job in two years. So I think it's a, it's, it's, it's an interesting discussion. And I think it's a good discussion and, and kind of going back real quick is, you know, pandemics in general kind of, uh, test our faith for lack of a better term. And it shapes how we feel about God and, and his interaction with us on a daily, um, basis. Um, obviously during the bubonic plague that was definitely the the sentiment and then in the spanish flu and you can look at other epidemics that have happened but it's it's um 
you know, trying times like this is, is when you should kind of cling to the Lord more. Um, we're also, but we're also not seeing this as the scourge of God either. You know, like the Black Death. No. was kind of viewed as, this is God's punishment. One of us sinned really bad, so this is what we're getting. Well, uh, and if you were susceptible, for a, it's because... Like a handful of people in this country, yeah. nobody is taking that line of thinking, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I do think it is a good discussion to have because times of crisis is when we evaluate our own spiritual relationship. Um, and I do think... What you said there, Cameron, was was really interesting because, the, you know, what does the Bible say? When two or more are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Well, define, I guess, gathered together, right? In an age where you, the four of us are talking right now from thousands of miles away, are we gathered together? And if we were, you know, gathered together in, in Christ's name, would he be there in the midst of us? And so the whole advent of this ability to stream and to do online service has kind of put church attendance on its head. Um, however, I think there's a, a, a you can look at it from a, a liberty argument as well as businesses, there's businesses have been open this whole time, allowing people to come in mass, namely Target and Walmart and Costco. Um, well, as long as you're worshiping the right thing, which is consumerism. Isn't that can, interesting? You can do what you want. Or, <laughs> like, or social justice. If you worship these things, uh, go for it. Um, because whether you know Walmart puts in their arrows in the aisles or not, uh, people don't follow them. And it's crowded in there. Um, or yeah. Costco. or Target. I mean, it's, it's... So I know our church, and we haven't, we haven't gone back physically. And one of the reasons is... You know, with the kids, with a child who's three, it's very difficult because they don't have the nursery open. Um, one of mm-hmm. us is going to end up out in the lobby with him anyways. Um, but they they did do four services. It went from two to four. Um, they staggered the services and because we have two actual um, physical spaces for worship. We have a sanctuary and a, and a worship center. So they staggered the seating, seating in the worship center um, every other aisle. And then in the next service that was in there, they switched which aisles were being used or which rows were being used. Um, mm-hmm. But again, you know, we have the online stuff. Um, but at the same time, we're, we're very cognizant as a family. Are we, how comfortable do we feel going in if we also have to kind of like take the kids out into the lobby at some point and it becomes a, you know, we're weighing a couple costs and benefits there. Um, I know a big question that, that's come up, and this is going to be more towards your your more high church folks, is um, like communion. Can you do communion from a distance? Can you do communion um, over the internet? Right? And for those those church bodies that, that look at like transubstantiation or real presence, um, that's become a question that's gotten a little bit of uh, controversy, at least from what I've seen. You know, is it, can you consecrate communion from over the computer? Yeah, and, and to me, I think that those are 
we're getting into the weeds, you know, as, yeah. as believers, we're all on the same team and everything. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is it, is it ideal? No, but we, we can get in person. And, you know, if you don't want to take communion on that day due to COVID, don't take communion. And then having that available to parishioners, I think is, is important. And then leaving it up to individual choice, because under these circumstances, there are going to be, you know, let's say 50% of people that attend a church on any given Sunday would stay home because that's our choice and we want to be careful. So already that cuts down on 50% there. And if another 50% of the 50% doesn't want to commune, um, you know, you're mitigating that risk already. Um, so yeah, if you look at it from a COVID perspective, that's, that's what I would say. And, and yeah, you can get into the weeds and argue those things, but, um, yeah, I, I think that you can worship without communing and, you know, still, uh, enjoy that, right. Yeah. And I think and, there's, there's a benefit essentially when you're in the building together, kind of like I said, with the theater, um, there's a fellowship of a shared experience, which you don't really get over streaming, live streaming. You can get some of it through live streaming, some of the benefits, um, but the fellowship aspect, even if you're not shaking hands and talking and, and talking to, uh, discussing with, with people afterwards, um, singing a hymn together, even if that's against the rules at the moment, or being in the same room with people as a experience a worship service, is more meaningful and is more impactful. I think one of the things we've done at our at our church is um, we've we've set up things within the virtual service like Q and A's with the pastor, or cutting away to like small groups and Bible studies during the sermon. Um, like our pastor might ask a warm up question for the sermon, and then we will have pre recorded that on a Zoom call with like a small group discussing that question and then we'll mm -hmm. cut it into the sermon um you know or for the q a's we'll have two or three people a week send in questions for the pastor you know with their cell phone and then we use that within the video and so it, it brings this sense of what you're talking about eric which is fellowship and community it's obviously not the same thing but um <clears throat> if if you're in the small group or you're one of the people asking the questions, you feel like you're a part of that community. And yeah. then if you're watching at home, you're not just seeing the same two faces every week, preaching and doing worship, right? You're actually seeing people that you remember from church and you haven't seen in a while. And again, it brings that sense of fellowship. So there's, there's creative ways to, to do things, but it's certainly not the same thing as being together. Well, and, and what's interesting is, and, Actually, I guess I have two points. But what you just brought up is is really interesting, and, and we've been talking about this whole series is from pandemic to progress. And I think churches are probably one of the most hesitant groups overall to progress, right? Yeah. Like the Reformation happened, and then yeah, <laughs> and then what? Like you the the Lutheran church still debates on what hymnal to use because you don't want to get too flashy and like the right translation of the Bible. And, and so I think we, we churches, spent 10 years reforming. That was enough. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got it out of the way in one. The fact that we speak English still irritates me. Well, then that's kind of the thing. And so <laughs> is, 
I think Martin Luther was a big, uh, he was like against instruments in service, right? Like, or no, the Catholic Church was. The Catholic Church yeah. didn't believe in using instruments in service, especially the organ, because that was used in bar rooms. And that was... Well, then Luther was definitely for it. Yeah, no, he was. So I think before we get too off the rails, churches need to be forced to change. And that doesn't, I'm not talking doctrinally, but you can't just keep saying, well, this is the way we've always done things. And so this is the way we're going to continue to do things because we don't live in 20th century America anymore. We live in 21st century America. And that means, and I'm not saying whether you need to go online or not go online. That's not necessarily the, the point I'm making, but what Nick, what you were describing was your church was saying, we're in this tough situation, so let's make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to read, we're going to revise how we do worship and we're going to have more interaction between congregants and the pastor. And I think that's a great thing because a lot of people just go to church. They sit there for an hour, they sing the right songs, they say the right prayers and they go home. Right. And I'm not saying that's anyone here, but that's what a lot of people do. Um, and so if we can get to a situation where we're encouraging the congregants or the, the members of the church to be more active, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And then when this ends, when, when we're allowed to go to church in person in mass again, um, hopefully those things, those new innovations that have been developed don't just go away because, well, coronavirus is done. We can go back to the way we used to do things before. Because we've we spent four or five episodes talking about how we do money is going to be different, how we do entertainment and tourism is going to be different, regardless of when this ends. Why wouldn't we do worship different um, even when this is over? And that's right. not necessarily make, picking a side on, on the liberty, like on whether or not churches should be closed or should be open, or if they defy a governor's order, if they should be cited for that. But right. just that this, like many other things, this this crisis has given us an opportunity to change, and change for the better. And so well, that, I guess that that's what I see. But I mean, and to Cameron's point, and when we started this whole thing, is like the why is very important here. You know, there are actually, there are people out there who need, community and who are looking for community and these churches aren't just available now right like it used to be that there was any number of churches that would be a a good fit for somebody who is looking for a place to to be and that's not available now so Mm -hmm. how do we how do we make community available to people you know that's that's the question how do we make god and and faith available Mm -hmm. i think some of those things are are things that we have taken for granted and, and we saw it when all yeah. of this we said hey we're all willing to take two weeks off from life and, and shut it down you know two weeks to slow the spread and then that became three weeks and it became a month and then we said well it's gonna be two months and we get into may and things start to open up and then they got to shut that back down now we're approaching the end of july and we're still getting orders in some states in california it's county by county um Kern County, where I am, um, was put on the list, which means no worship. This was on Monday. Uh, said, hey, we're going to worship on Sunday. The list came out. They shut Kern County down. No worship services. And then they lifted that four hours later because we were not on the list anymore. And then yesterday they said, oh, you're going back on the list. So it's this, this back and forth, back and forth. But 
we're getting into the fifth month of this and the lack of community is showing through the, the one metric that we're seeing is a kind of uptick in suicides. Mm. And not necessarily that, that that's part of like the, you know, faith life necessarily, but in general, in the general population, we're seeing that. Um, what we're not seeing, we're not seeing an uptick in mental health um, issues because there's not things being reported or addressed yet because people can't even go out um, and check on these things. So we're seeing there's things under the surface that can't be dealt with because we're not in community. And church, whether it, whether it's your Christian church or your mosque or your temple or whatever your faith life is, that community is such an important fabric of our society that when it's removed and that fabric is not there, things really start to fall apart fast. And, you know, my concern is just in general, not necessarily for myself or the community around me, but in general across this nation and across this world as those, as those communities are removed and, uh, as they kind of lose their legs financially or in whatever way that they lose their legs, um, people are going to have not have a community to rest on. And that's going to hurt us um, in the long run more than we can imagine. Yeah. And I think the, the church at large and the, the nation at large, we're all responsible for that for the, for a certain extent too. You know, it's affected each and each of us for as believers and you know jake i really like the point that you made is that churches need to be forced to change now who's compelling the church to do that maybe it should be the church itself and you know it, it kind of convicts me to to sit here and be talking about oh this should happen or that should happen um you know it, it goes back to the individual and, and those each and every Christian being mindful of, yeah, okay, the church needs to change. What can I do to contribute to that change? And, you know, it's not an easy answer, obviously, but yeah. I think just seeking that, um, that direction from God and, and using our spiritual yeah. gifts, I think is super important right now because it's, it's really easy to fall back into, oh, this is the way we've already done it. Well, in the way we've always, we've done it. And I think it's, partly how we've done it in this country is we've we've rested on that kind of consumer mentality as we go on Sundays we do our church thing and that fulfills me and, and that's an important part of it that does fulfill us but um, if we look at this the situation the opportunity it it's pushing us to hey maybe you don't have Sundays the way you used to um, so that means your Monday through Saturday with your family in your home now has to be um, the bedrock of this whole thing. Because you might have a fantastic church home, you might have a great um, community at your church, uh, but the basic unit, the basic unit of everything in Western civilization is the individual, and the next unit is the family. 
And the church community is like third or fourth after that. So if we're not, if we're not taking time to be faithful ourselves um, and faithful in our homes and our families, it doesn't matter what happens with the church. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, well, and in general, I disagree with any government order saying a, a place of worship can't be open regardless of the crisis. Um, but I, I do think what you're hitting on Eric and Cameron and, and, and Nick is, is that for me, my faith is my responsibility to share. And if I can't go to church to share that, and I'm going to be honest, I don't go to church very often anymore, regardless pre-pandemic. Um, I do a lot of Bible study on my own and, and with my family, but we don't go to church in general. Um, and uh, so I don't want to act like I go every Sunday and, and I'm in my spot every every time, but um, it's on me to share my faith with others. And if I know someone who's struggling, it's on me to reach out. And I think if the, Eric, you, the point you hit about the mental health is like, we don't even know right now. We have no idea because nothing can be reported. And I'm like, but in churches or in small groups, you know the people that are in those groups and, and you know the people that are connected to those groups. And we can we can reach out in those smaller units and say, hey man, how you doing? You know, or is everything okay? Do you need help? Uh, do you need any money? Can I make some food for you? I mean, that's one of the great things about churches is is the, what is it, the phone the phone line, the prayer, the prayer line. And, um, is we just need to be more active. We can't, we can't rely on the center. We can't rely on the, the building and the institution. Um, and I think that's the opportunity presented before us as Christians, um, by God is to say, yeah, the, the buildings aren't open right now, but that doesn't mean God's work is stopped. Um, and, and I think regardless of someone's faith, be they Jewish or Muslim or, or something else, is whatever you believe, the buildings are shut down. But if, if, you're, if you believe that the work still needs to be done, then the work still needs to be done. Um, and I think that's something that I need to, to reflect on personally. Um, but I think as a, as a body, um, that's something that, we, we should probably be attuned to listening to, um, to that call so that when it does open up again, it's full. You know? Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, speaking of the progress part that Jake mentioned earlier, um, it's a real, real opportunity for us starting at the individual level, then going to the family level, then going to the church level that, you know, you can really make an argument that our country is going to be better off spiritually as a result of this pandemic because, you know, we're going to be so starved for that connection that yeah, people are going to get in the habit of reaching out and, and making that phone call and, you know, two or three are gathered in my name. So I'm, I'm a wildly optimistic person, but at the same time, we have to be really much, really on our guard um, about those those liberties and, and not taking them for granted because it it's literally life and death. And I'm not talking about COVID. Yeah. 
No, I, I totally agree with that. I, I don't like any of the, the orders that require houses of worship to shut down because I think in times of crisis, that's exactly the building you want open. Um, but um, if they are, they are. and But that doesn't stop God from doing his job. Um, and it is interesting because Eric, you know, and, and Cameron and Nick, especially Nick, because I see Nick maybe once every three years. But since this crisis and since this little podcast, like I've talked to you guys more now in the past two months than I probably did in the year or two before. Yeah. And I think that's telling, right? Like we can't physically go see each other, but we've been able to, well, no, to build our relationships. No, Cause you, you're going to Wisconsin oh. and not, you're not coming to visit <laughs> me. So, I mean, yeah, you know, you're right. You got me. I mean, <laughs> and Wisconsin doesn't have gourmet gas stations. So no, they I don't. don't. I don't know why I would go visit my family. They do have the echo tap. I'll give them that. So. (laughs) Yeah, it's, and and it's impossible to predict what the church is going to look like in the future. But, um, you know, churches that do that well, I think can, can really continue that um, outreach through Zoom or through Facebook Live or, or whatever, because certain churches have done that very, very well. And, and hopefully other churches will, will follow suit, again, knowing that it's not the church's job to save people, but to, to make it more accessible, make, make God's word more accessible. Um, so yeah, I, I think it will be a positive thing in the long run as long as those those churches can continue to thrive financially and people continue to support them and continue to you know be the hands and feet Mm -hmm. exactly well i think that's a i think it's a great amen and on and let it be um so that wraps up this episode, Pandemic to Progress, and uh, talking about faith and, and how the church is going to be different um, when this is all over. Uh, so yeah, make sure you join us. I think we have at least one more episode in us. Um, talk about education, which I know Eric's excited about, but we'll get to that next time. Yeah. And uh, I'm Jake. I'm Eric. I'm Eric. All right, this is Dad About History. See you next time.